Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. By now, if you're just tuning in, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show. But uh, to all the real possums, you're in the playoffs. We know it. We help get you there. Remember, we live it. You can win it. Billy, Josh, what's cracking? You're really botching that catchphrase lately, but we, we really we do I appreciate it. That it. Time, man. I, that was it. That was it. I feel like we missed a word, but I it's think okay. I left a word out. But seeing how my day went today, it's actually surprising. It was only one word. So honestly, I think it's because the lack of sun. We haven't had sun in two weeks, man. It's just been a it's been a <laughs> morbid Midwest lately, um, and you know they do call it misery for a reason. So here we are. The but lack of vitamin pl- D is definitely hurting. Fancy playoffs, guys. Um, you guys excited about this? How many? Uh, we got some bye weeks. Hopefully, people don't even have to play some people today, but or this week. But really, I mean, there's some there's some leagues where you you skated into the playoffs, and you might be looking for some spots. So we'll we'll get into a little bit of game previews in a little bit here. Yep. We're doing just one podcast this week. We're just doing it all combined. At the end of the episode, we'll get into the game previews for this week, just because those that are in the playoffs may need a little help to figure out maybe somebody's on the waiver wire that they're not thinking about, you know, something to push your team over the top. So we will get to that. But first, before we even start getting into what today's episode is about, I just want to give a hearty RIP to Mike Leach. He is a legend in college football. And there are players that are playing today, coaches that are coaching today, that would not be where they are right now without Mike Leach. Mike Leach invented the air raid system in college football. And a lot of those systems have also found their way into uh, the NFL as well. And it's just, we wouldn't have players like Patrick Mahomes today. Like that Patrick Mahomes would not exist without Mike Leach. Like his fingerprints have are left all over college football. For example, Lincoln Riley learned under Mike Leach. Lincoln Riley is 
produced Kyler Murray, produced Jalen Hurts, you know, produced Baker Mayfield, um, producing Caleb Williams, who just won the Heisman. Um, and I just, I, you know, I just want to say, and he also produced Cliff Kingsbury, who's currently coaching for the time being the Arizona Cardinals. Like the, these guys learned under Mike Leach and his system of just throwing the football. It's just, it just innovated college football and a lot of what he did in college football is found in the NFL now with how much of a passing league this is like at least fingerprints of it are from him. And it's just, it's sad that we lost him. Just right. I felt like kind of randomly out of nowhere. I mean, he's, he's a coach at Mississippi state right now and just gone. It's crazy. Life they say how he died? What Did they say how he died. He had a heart attack. Oh, damn shame. 61. Um, yeah. Life's short, man. Love it your is. Love and your I just like, I just want everybody out there to just like, you know, you don't, you may not know the name, you know, you may not know who he is or what like he did for the sport. And if you hear him in an interview, he has the craziest interviews ever. I mean, all, every clip you hear of him talking, it just sounds like the complete weird gibberish that everybody liked about Mike Leach, but he was also a very brilliant person and he really contributed a lot to the sport. And I hope even though he's not eligible to go into the college football hall of fame because of some bullshit rule, I hope they can figure out a way to get around that rule and let him in. So it sucks, but alas, we move on from the morbid point of Mike Leach who should rest We're in peace. Changing our podcast to morbid points instead of offense. Yes. Morbid yeah. points. Um, all right. This week we, you know, we have done tight ends. We've done wide receivers. We've done running backs. So to complete the quad, we are going to do Dynasty quarterbacks, the top 12 Dynasty quarterbacks. So if you're in a uh, you know super flex league, you probably are like, well, why aren't y'all doing 24? I get it. We're only doing 12. There, I don't even think we could have found a list of 24 quarterbacks that are going to be on a roster next season. I mean, after about 15, it got a little little dicey of who's even going to be playing in the league next season. It's so, looking pretty bleak for quarterbacks. So hopefully you have one of these 12 guys. Yeah, exactly. even the even the bottom of the 12 was looking rough. I was like, man, I don't even want to put this person there. So Yes, there's a lot of de- developmental people out there. Like Kenny Pickett didn't make the list, for example, but we'll get into him. Um, but let's just start right at number 12. And Joe, I'm going to hand off the controversial number 12 to you, who is Cleveland Browns quarterback, Deshaun Watson. We're just going to massage our way right into this. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, oh, at number 12, we have Deshaun Watson. He is absolutely, his talent's undeniable. What he didn't say, he's awesome. Cleveland gave up, you know, half a billion dollars to bring him Cleveland to be the quarterback for the foreseeable future here. Now, We've seen what Deshaun Watson can do. The question is, is the two years off and all the stuff going on in his life absolutely going to – is he going to recover from it, right? He's got the weapon with Amari Cooper there. He's got the running game. DPJ is actually coming on really nice, and Joku's there. So he's got a really good supporting cast. I assume they add to that uh, coming up here. But the question is, is he going to make it back – to where he is if if he does he could be a top three top five quarterback for dynasty purposes we have him down at 12 just because it's a little bit sketchy right now yeah and i mean so one, one thing that people forget is that houston's defense is actually good uh just because their offense is so bad so his first game back against his former team did not look good obviously he did come back against cincinnati and, and put up a, a 
salvageable uh, performance. So hopefully if you're riding on Deshaun Watson, I honestly think he's usable right now. I don't think it's great, but I think he has something to prove. He's going to shake off some rust. I'm not saying I would want to trot him out there. Hopefully you have better options, but if you don't have anyone else on this list and in the playoffs, I mean, he's got a pretty, pretty decent matchups coming up. They're not great, but they're not terrible. Um, and they're going to need to play. I mean, Cleveland's not really, they're sort of in it, but at the same time, it's more of a, we got to prove that this was a deal worth it. So he's going to play till the end of the season. You should get some decent work out of him. And I think in the future, I mean, once he kind of gets a year under his belt, once they start building around him a little bit more, and maybe utilizing some of their rookie receivers like David Bell hasn't really had, had been in the fold at all. Uh, People's Jones and Amari Cooper's locked up. So, I mean, there's going to be, there's some weapons here. We got Njoku top 12 tight end on the team. I mean, they got running backs. So at least one coming back. It's it, this, this is a good offense, all things considered. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the off season. Yeah. Improve. He's, he's definitely been rusty this season so far. I mean, just, I mean, I think the second half of that Bengals game, he really, kind of was starting to look like his old self a little bit um, after the first half was a complete disaster. Houston was a complete disaster as well, but I'm hoping that, yeah, like as, as the season goes on, you know, and maybe after this off season of actually getting to do everything with the team that maybe he can come back and actually be what he's supposed to be and advertised as. I know a lot of people are going to be wishing on his downfall. There's going to be a lot of people in the fantasy community who are just going to, you know, say i'm not i don't want anything to do with them we understandable i love that sentiment but at the same time like we are trying to help people win here so i mean we have to separate the art from the artist a little bit and you know just explain he is going to be probably a top 12 quarterback going forward um i do think there is a element of mystery still around him because like what is this team going to look like are they going to keep Stefanski? Like, like how is this team going to shape itself in the offseason to make it more Deshaun Watson friendly? Because I don't think it's going to be quite what it's been for the years past. So there is still an element of mystery here. And that's probably why I have him low. You know, when we all have him pretty low is we just don't know what we're fully going to get here. Yeah. And moving forward, <clears throat> you know, if he doesn't turn that corner this year and he doesn't have his breakout game where he's back, you need to be trying to acquire him everywhere as a quarterback for your team because I loved where we were getting him this year, you know, in startups and even trades and stuff for Deshaun Watson where he was going for next to nothing. And, and understandably so, people don't people aren't happy with him, and I get that. But like you said, Billy, we're trying to win, and if he has a lull season right now, he's a great piece to acquire for your team. Yeah. I just, you know, let's, let's all just hope – they can rein him in in the offseason because that would be the only thing that could hold him back at this point. We all hope on to number yet. on to number 11 and that is Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars and I would love to talk about Jack or Trevor Lawrence here. So we kind of thought when Trevor Lawrence came in that he was going to be a prodigy and we thought he was going to be this and that. We thought he was going to be this quarterback that, you know, was going to come in and change everything for you know, Jacksonville. Well, because of one coach whose name is going to be omitted because we are doing a YouTube video here and I don't want to have any Josh cut around it. Um, <laughs> because of the coach's name who was omitted, he kind of had a stunted first season. It, it, the growth was not there. He looked really, really bad at times. You kind of wondered who exactly he was going to be as a quarterback based off of one year, which is crazy because quarterbacks deserve longer than that. But we thought because of his, you know, 
prodigy type of thing. We thought he was going to pick it up right away. And the second season has been quite a bit better. I, I think we can all agree that, especially as the season's gone on, he's really found his own footing. He's really fa- figured out this offense quite well. Doug Peterson seems to be, you know, getting him pushed in the right direction. I think we can all think that and look at the red zone numbers and kind of say that is where they need to shore up in this offseason. But that's kind of, you know, this is first year we're working things out, seeing what does work, seeing what doesn't work. We got Etienne back in the fold. We get Ridley back next season. We got Christian Kirk locked up long term. So I think this still offense is in its infancy. And I think going forward, Trevor Lawrence is going to have a bigger breakout, you know, next season. I completely agree. Honestly, I feel like not not that this is about the James Robinson or anything, but that was honestly one of their biggest mistakes this year because it was working between the two of him and Etienne. But uh, no, it's cr- crazy to see Trevor Lawrence as QB eight after this year. It really didn't seem like it. I on the screen it's basically pulled up the last like seven games and it just it looks great. Like I mean, obviously there's some misses in there, one against Denver and then. Uh, the game against Detroit wasn't that great, but the three touchdowns are coming. This is not what we saw last year. He's a big man too. I mean, at six, six, I mean, he's going to be out there um, basically going to su- completely surpass everything. The touchdown interception ratio is just way better. This is just a better offense. This is a better quarterback. And I think we're back to what we thought Trevor Lawrence could be. I mean, we never really assumed he was going to leapfrog Mahomes immediately or anything, but at the same time, a top ten quarterback, I don't think is a uh, is a is, is a stretch. So, we probably uh, should have him higher, honestly. We probably should. Uh, I had him a little bit higher. I just think the breakouts here it's come. I mean, last uh, six weeks, I think he's had three, uh, three three hundred yard games, multiple three touchdown, two touchdown. He's looking good. He's building the chemistry with his receivers. Christian Kirk's there for a while. Jay Jones is there for a while. So, if they continue to grow that team around him, I think this guy is pretty much a limit for this guy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Kirk hasn't been like the best receiver for him, um, but you know, coming Kirk's into a good it, too. Well, yeah, when Calvin really comes too. back next year, it's going to be a really nice combination there. Honestly, I kind of want to bump him up my rankings now. So, I hope I and we say this every year with the Jaguars. I just hope all of that goes smoothly. Ridley comes in there; they're all meshing very well. Like it's just this team, man. It always seems like there's just one thing that ends up exploding their chances of being a cohesive unit on offense. And God, it's just, I really hope everything goes well. Just sad to see what's happened to them so far. All right. On to number 10 and I will hand it off to Josh and that is Arizona Cardinal Kyler Murray. Yeah. And this, this comes at really unfortunate time um, because of the ACL tear, which we all pretty much knew the second we saw it, but Kyler Murray is a different kind. Yes, he's not as big as Trevor Lawrence. That 5'10 is going to hold him back a little bit. But what he does with his legs hopefully slows down after next year because of this. Um, but what he does with his legs and his explosiveness in general, and then not to mention the the offense that they have on that team with Marquise Brown and Hopkins, and I assume they'll probably get a new cor- uh, running back eventually. But for some reason, James Conner at the moment, um, it's just it's impressive what Kyler Murray does. I would, would love to see a fully healthy season. We haven't seen one since 2020. Um, and honestly, in his rookie and sophomore years, six and three quarterback on the year. And then you add in some injuries and he's still relatively relevant in the top 10. So if had he played the full year, I assume he would have easily made the top 10. And it's just, it's hard to look at his uh, resume here and say, no, he's not a top 10 quarterback. Some person in this podcast <clears throat> might say that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so you had it, Joe. 
All right, I got him at 12. He's still in my top 12. Um, this injury definitely affects it, brings it down. We just have not seen what I've been looking for from Kyler Murray. I call him Mighty Mouse. He can't see over his line. He has stud wide receivers there, which I absolutely love. If you take away the rushing element of Kyler Murray's game, you have a younger Kirk Cousins, which is really solid. But I don't think he belongs in the top 12 uh, on here. I really – or beyond that, up in the top 10. I really don't. I got to see it from him. Maybe if they get rid of Klingsberg or Cliff and all that stuff, we can see some big improvement from Kyler Murray. But as of right now, watching this this whole team, it just looks very dysfunctional. They have He misses when he shouldn't. The offense just looks kind of ugh. And you see Colt McCoy stumble his way into similar stats that Kyler Murray has. So until I see something different on their end, I'm I'm not very high on Kyler Murray. No, so, I, I I will say I will disagree with the Colt McCoy just walked in because he Colt McCoy did not look ac- accurate. He did not look like Kyler Murray would have. He did not put them in that game. There was a little bit of time where we were like, oh, maybe he'll just be fine, but he wasn't. I mean, he's not Kyler Murray. So that was one game last year. He had some Colt McCoy did just about what Kyler was doing as well when he was hurt. Billy, what you got? Oh, it's true. Uh, and so, I mean, the, the thing about Kyler Murray is he's they've got to get rid of Cliff Kingsbury. Like, it's just not working, and his offense um, is not working. And Cliff Kingsbury – I'm okay, I'll just do the Cliff Kingsbury thing. He failed his way up into this job, and it still has not made sense how he's been working this year. Had they not gone undefeated at the beginning of last season, he probably would not have a job right now. But we're still living off of them going 10-0 – last season, which was not based on anything Cliff Kingsbury did. The thing about Kyler Murray is he has terrible first half of the game when it's scripted. And then the second half, when he has to go draw up, you know, plays in the dirt on the playground because he's got to dig them out of a hole. That's when Kyler Murray looks electric that he's puts in those massive throws and he scrambles, does the crazy, you know, two point conversion earlier this season where he's running around all over the place to make something happen like that is when Kyler Murray thrives. And that's not how it should work. And the thing is, is like, we got to get rid of cliff in that offense. He cannot run it. I mean, the running game is a joke outside of the James Connor at the goal line thing. Like that's the only play that works for cliff when it comes to running game. And just simply, he's just not using his players to the best of their abilities. I mean, we should be seeing Trey McBride thrive in this offense, but we still don't not with Kyler, not with, with, uh, Colt, it's just not going to work. So instead, he is a top ten quarterback. He probably should be higher. But the thing is, I'm holding him back until they get rid of Cliff because until Cliff is out of there, he cannot be fully realized as a player. There's a couple I, people above him. I could see him vaulting had he been in a better system. Or yeah, the injury definitely this- knocked him down for me. I had him, but the one the one thing I will give Kyler is their line has just looked putrid this year. Yeah. It's been getting destroyed. So. Maybe, I mean, he's got the wide receivers, he's got the tight ends, he's got the running backs, kind of, but something's got to change there. It's kind of like a square peg in a round hole, like Billy was saying. I'm, there's just something off that I'm not seeing what I like. Yeah, well, they the don't address the thing. problems. Like, that's the thing. They don't ever address their actual issues in the draft and in free agency. They go out and bring in, like, well, the trades, I guess, have been the best part when they brought in Zach Ertz which was a very good addition for them. They bring in Marquise Brown at the beginning of the season. That connection was working quite well until Marquise Brown got hurt. Like, those are have been the only thing that's working. Draft picks, I mean, the defensive ones have been meh at best. And then offensively, Rondale Moore is not even used in this offense, which is like 
Cliff, why the hell did you even bring him in then? If, if, if you were planning a whole playbook around using Rondale Moore, why in the hell are we not using Rondale Moore? He did the same thing with Andy Isabella when he got there. Not really fully realized, not even on the team anymore. It's just, I don't know. Maybe this is a GM thing, which I don't want to talk too much about the GM as they just announced today that he is uh, going on leave for a medical emergency. So, I, you know, I don't want to talk too much, but maybe it's the GM, maybe it's Cliff. I don't know. Both of them probably need to head on out. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement about Kyler. The talent's there, but the the play calling and the the actual playing sometimes just doesn't match where he should be. Not at all. Okay, on to number nine, and that is Dallas Cowboy Dak Prescott. Joseph, all right. talk about some Dak. You can't say a whole lot bad about Dak. I mean, he had the injuries in the past. He had the injury this year. These guys have Dak higher than me. I have Dak at, uh, was it 11 on there? Let me see what my list says. Yeah, I have Dak at 11. He's really solid. He is, he's going to get you points. He's going to put through there. There's just, aside from a massive game here and there, he, that puts him behind a lot of these guys for the ceiling on a lot of them. Plus, you mix in Dallas's complete reliance on the run game. Obviously, you know, Pollard might not be back there next year, but we assume Zeke's going to be. We assume they'll probably bring someone in and continue to run the ball in McCarthy's offense. So that is my knock on Dak Prescott is he's very solid, but he's not necessarily electric. So I ironically have Dak Prescott the highest out of the three of us. And the supreme reason being is because they are tied to Dak Prescott. And what they learned this year was they need another wide receiver. And they did just sign T.Y. Hilton, which is uh, exciting for T.Y., uh, making the <laughs> playoff run uh, instead of getting Odell. So they, they, there's a reason they were tying themselves to Odell so much because they really realized that Amari Cooper leaving was a mistake on all parts. I understand they probably couldn't afford him. It's unfortunate. But pay the guys who make the plays for you. C.D. Lamb's been just fine, and he's going to continue with Dak on and on. Honestly, I think right now is a great time. Well, I should say the off season is a great time to acquire Dak Prescott. And I think that's why I like him for dynasty. He has signed for three more years. Jerry Jones absolutely loves him and they're going to continue to use him as much as possible. I know that they're relying on the run game a lot this year, but that's honestly because their defense is just holding everything right now. The defense is going to get weaker. People are going to figure out how to beat that in the future. Um, and Dak Prescott's going to have to throw the ball. They just simply haven't had to throw the ball much this year. And that's that's kind of my take on Dak. Dak Prescott's just kind of for me, just like a a Budweiser, a Bud Light. You know, there's lots of good beers out there. Well, it's always in, solid. It's always a good drink, but it's nothing spectacular. The thing you're getting with Dak is you're getting consistency, and you're getting a guy who's going to be playing for the future. If you if you have Kirk Cousins or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, you have no idea how much longer they're going to be playing at this point. Dak, you know that he's got a few more years in him and should be pretty decent in the future joe just shipping off our chances of getting them as a sponsor thank you joe appreciate that they should have called um, us already i had Dak prescott at nine which is where he ended up ironically um I, the problem is since the injury that he uh got he has not looked the same he just last year he did not look good at all this year he got injured at the beginning of the season and you know Still, I feel like hasn't quite got back to what we expect Dak Prescott to be. Um, I think this off off season they cannot afford not to upgrade his receiving core. CD Lamb is special, and I do like the idea that Cowboys just putting a quarterback and a receiver out there and just making it work. It has worked for a long time, but 
I just think maybe we, you know, Dak Prescott maybe necessarily needs, you know, he needs more help around him. He's got Schultz, he's got Lamb, but he needs those three and four wide receiver guys that can make this offense go to the next level. Yeah, they definitely missed on uh, Gallup this year. We, we thought that he, his role would stay about the same what it was last year, but he played better as that third receiver. And then Cedric Wilson leaving actually has hurt them a lot more than I thought it would whenever he got signed by Miami. Um, and he just, they just don't have any depth at wide receiver. If CD Lamb were to get injured, this team goes from a playoff contender to a joke. Yeah, well, they did. They got Washington back from injury. He looked <clears throat> okay last week. Tolbert's still there developing. And Michael Gallup should have had a much bigger game last week, but did not. So, and he's getting back into the swing of things for sure. But I mean, not. I just I want to double down on the Bud Light thing, Bill. I think Budweiser and Hazard Bush they know that Bud Light's very average, and they embrace it. Okay. I don't think they have higher. I Some don't people think really think Bud Light's the best beer in the world out there. Though, I like so, the I, I like the salvage of that. Yep, most yeah. of those people are from Southeast Missouri. Moving on. Some to people really like the state eight. of Florida too. And yeah. number eight quarterback on this list is Baltimore Ravens for the time being. Quarterback Lamar Jackson. Uh, me and Josh both have him at eight. So I'll go ahead and talk about him. Lamar Jackson. You know what you're getting every year. You're getting the rushing yards. You're not necessarily getting. Um, these high passing volume games, it, they at some point in time, the Baltimore Ravens have to address the receiver position. I get that, that they absolutely hate the idea of doing that. I don't know what beef they have with, you know, their wide receiver coach because they set this guy up with Deshaun Jackson. Thirty Deshaun Jackson could probably be coaching the wide receivers for Baltimore at this point in time. Like that's how old Deshaun wants. And he Deshaun would be Jackson. if they had a single wide receiver on their team. Exactly. They're out there developing DeMarcus Robinson and all these casts off from other teams. I get that the idea is that they don't value that position. They think they just have Lamar, they have Mark Andrews, and they have the running backs. But thing is, as Lamar Jackson gets older, the chances of him being able to run every season is not – I mean, it goes down as the season goes on. He's already got an MCL injury this year. It just kept him out for a couple of games. And if you were relying on him to get you to the potential playoffs, I was in the league. He had gotten me to 9-5, and five, and now I don't have him for my playoff run. You're kind of stuck. And that's the problem with having running quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, similar situation. And these guys either got to figure out how to upgrade the passing attack or, you know – he's going to fall further. Like this is a guy that could potentially fall off this list at, you know, if things go south. What's wild to me is the fact that the Ravens are nine and four. It doesn't feel like it. Nope. It feels Justin like they've Tucker, lost man. a lot more games. I mean, I don't get me wrong. Justin Tucker's got a couple of those wins there, but no, Lamar is a phenomenal fantasy asset, but the problem is there is no passing. And, and that's the problem is quarterbacks running quarterbacks, especially have to at some point become pocket passers or at least some sort of throwing the ball. And that's what you're seeing with Jalen Hurts changing a little bit as you're not just seeing the running quarterback that he can be. And that's where Lamar Jackson really has stayed stagnant. I mean, you see there's the passing yards um, one career year over 3000. That's, that's bad. And that was his, that was the MVP season of the quarterbacks of fantasy, I should say. So um, I just, it's hard to say this is longevity when you see those rushing numbers already going down and then you see the passing numbers still going down. It's that at some point they need to swap. Yeah. I, uh, I have them a little bit higher than you guys just because basically 
Lamar Jackson can win you your week, hands down, run away with it at any point in time. And literally. yeah, he can literally run away with it. He can also take a poop on it like he did some other time. But <laughs> we don't know the future of Lamar Jackson. He couldn't, he could not be in Baltimore next year. He could be playing for someone else. We don't know the contract situation. Obviously, injuries are a concern. And yes, you guys are right. He does have to learn how to pass the ball. But for right now, with the status of a lot of these other quarterbacks, I'm very comfortable having Lamar Jackson on my team. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having Lamar Jackson if you if you have him in like on your team, for example. You're probably pretty happy with that, and you're probably not trading him for anything cheap. But at the same time, all could be over in a blink, and that is what the dangerous part of having Lamar Jackson on your team is. Um, but yeah, all right, on to number seven, and I'm gonna make his biggest hater talk about him. Seven is Tua Tunga Viola of the Miami Dolphins. Josh, have at I'm it. Just, I'm just glad you said his name. I don't know how. Um, but just to start off, I'm going to start off with just a little bit of hate. You see these last few games, and they're not looking as good anymore. And you want to know why? Because Tua's not actually that good. Why is he ranked highly? Because he has Tyree Kill on his team. He has a guy who's going to get 2,000 receiving yards, and that means that he threw for 2,000 re- receiving or passing yards so therefore yes he has to be on the list and honestly like joe said there's not a whole lot below the people that we started with so obviously Tua can have those big games like the 35s and 30s that he's had and then of course that 150 bomb against baltimore um Tua has he's increasingly better he has all better numbers than he's ever had right now other than i guess interceptions this first year uh but he's not quite in that top 10 right now in like redraft and this year he did miss a little bit of time obviously um and we'll see how this works out in the future but as long as Tyree kills healthy Tua is a top eight quarterback and I don't see any reason to say not yeah, yeah. I mean I, honestly any play could you know result in a 75 yard touchdown and that's the kind of results you need from a uh quarterback unless you're getting points for completions which might not necessarily always be there you're definitely going to get you know the touchdowns big plays not not he's not giving anything with his legs but this offense is predicated on Tua being amazing through the air and Mike McDaniel as long as he's there and I, I think they're going to figure out how to make this offense hum so I'm excited for this I was shocked yeah. to see his lack of rushing I thought he ran a lot more no nope. They've got the backs running quite a bit, though. But, I mean, Tua is – I know we're not talking about Kirk Cousins, but I'm going to bring it up for the second time. We (laughs) like Kirk Cousins because of his supporting cast. He had Stephon Diggs. He had Adam Thielen. Now he's got Justin Jefferson. It's the same argument with Tua. It's the system and it's the talent around him that are going to lead him to perpetual fantasy goodness. Yes, you're going to have a couple games where it looks really nasty, falls on his face. But overall, when you look at it at the end of the season, you're going to be – Pretty happy with what you got out of him. Fair enough. Um, yeah, as long as Mike McDaniels is, is in Miami, I don't have a problem with anybody going after Tua. Um, I would say the one, like the scary part is, is when he faces good defenses, it tends to slack off. But at the same time, this is the first year for Mike McDaniels in that offense. They are figuring out what works in the in the playbook and what doesn't. And as long as you know. They're completely and kind of churning out new ideas. I think Tua will be relevant. All right, on to number six. It just happened to work out this way, and that is Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields. Joe, you jumped on a bed for this man. F 
one. I did a backflip for this dude, man. You did. Oh, um, yeah. I purposely had him lower than you guys just so I could talk to him. Honestly, talk about it. It's awesome. <laughs> tanked his value. <laughs> tanked his value. What can you say about Justin Fields other than it's just like holy shit? Watching this guy play is just absolutely electric. You know, he broke an NFL record already for most. 50-yard rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in their career. Maybe even a player. I don't think so. But this guy is truly special. He's very competitive. He's got everything in there. The reason I have him lower is because of the Chicago Bears. Until we get a team around him, he's going to continue to have to run. And we already talked about this with Lamar. We talked about it with Kyler. We saw Dak get injured rushing. It's very scary to have a guy like Justin Fields up as high as, you know, I mean, his ceiling is number one, honestly, from what we've seen. He can he can win matchups by himself. Same argument I had for Lamar. Claypool's not it. Mooney's a great number two. Komet's starting to come on. But until you see that offensive line solidify and you see some wide receivers come in there, Justin Fields is a little bit lower than me, but you are so damn happy he is on your team. Three years old, huge man competitive and throws an amazing deep ball now hopefully we can just get someone to catch that deep ball and you might be having a josh allen 2.0 on your team i was actually gonna say this is lamar jackson senior right here um i i can't even give him the junior title because i don't think that that's accurate because the what he's done i think from i i don't even need to know the stats but i'm pretty sure from week six to 13 at this moment justin fields was qb1 during that time i mean it was just obnoxious what he did uh, and probably got a lot of people to the fancy playoffs. If you were ballsy enough to start him after these games started going, you started seeing Justin Fields get 20, 20, 20. I, I don't know how many leagues I had him as my backup quarterback and ended up dropping him because he just did, wasn't doing it in the beginning of the year. But um, eventually uh, we knew this was going to come. Uh, we knew the talent level was there. We knew this wasn't a bust for the bears. We just know the bears aren't that good this year. So it's honestly great to see it this year. Um, so you can kind of start planning for next year with Justin Fields as your quarterback. Maybe you had yourself a Kirk cousins or someone else on your team. That was kind of your quarterback for the, at the time being. And now you have Justin Fields and you know that you got a top five QB. I mean, really, I mean, yeah. you're in, yeah. you're out. It's just, it comes down to the reason he's lower than, anyone is because mainly because of Joe, uh, but also because <laughs> of the fact that I actually had him at six, so I can't say anything, but uh, mainly for Chicago. the fact it's, not it's Chicago and we don't know what Chicago. they're going to do. They don't seem to make moves. They finally have draft picks at least. So hopefully they do something with that. But if their first pick isn't an offensive lineman or a wide receiver, everyone's going to be mad. Yes, they are. I put him in number two personally. And the, and I, you know, I was the highest on him in this. And it, the reasoning behind that is, if you're valuing quarterbacks in a trade right now, if, if your name's not Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes, I don't really think anybody else is close to that trade value, um, you know, what you're going to have to give up. Because here's the thing, Justin Fields is doing this right now with no supporting cast, with no O-line. What is he going to be when he gets all of those things? Like, I can't even fathom it. Like, I, I just am impressed with what he's done this season. He's won me over. Now that they've figured out how to use him in the playbook, he's quarterback five on the season. The man hasn't played in two weeks. So I just like th there is just a level that he went from last year where we weren't even sure if he was going to be a, an actual quarterback in the league to now he has got to be up in the top three as far as like if you're trading for a quarterback right now, you're going to have to pay top dollar to get him on your team. I mean, he, he has passed Josh Allen, in my opinion, in value alone. I mean, I just – the ascension 
we haven't even seen the best of Fields. That's that's what my main problem, like my main thing about him is we haven't even seen the best of him yet. He truly is exciting to watch. I I mean, the fact that he's on my Bears is just beautiful. I just hope he has a full, fruitful career. He's probably going to break the all the QB records that Chicago has, which isn't saying much. But yeah, if he's we your best quarterback like you've ever had. Johnson, yeah, if we could get a Quentin Johnson or a Jordan Addison, one of these guys that can actually work with Fields' arm. I mean, I would just be absolutely thrilled to see something like that happen. And you know that's on their priority too. So, yeah, I think Will Anderson and Carter are on their priority right now. A lot of mocks have them taking Will Anderson, and I'm like, oh boy, oh. I say we trade out of it, honestly. I don't. I mean, Will Anderson. I mean, if you could get yourself a first round plus some extras, like maybe a second or third, even like, because just to build this team again, I mean, it's just you need so many pieces, and youth is the best way to do it because you don't have to pay their contracts. So. Hopefully you can get some draft picks out of that and trade down to the 14th or something. Yeah. All right. Well, on from the Justin that arrives in or lives in Chicago to the Justin that lives on the West coast, Justin Herbert of the chargers is number five. Um, The thing that everybody likes about Justin Herbert is that he throws a beautiful deep ball. He makes like his hair. Well, his hair is also. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It was very sad when they – I think they did like an April Fool's prank or something where they fake shaved his head. And thank God he still got the locks, though. Um, Justin Herbert has checked all the boxes that you would want in a first and second year quarterback. We weren't quite sure what he was coming out of Oregon. Uh, It was so bad that – I mean, like the stats were so bad coming out of Oregon that we weren't really sure what he was going to be at the next level. And he comes in and immediately lights up the league with – basically nobody. I mean, we're talking like Jalen Guyton and, you know, DeAndre Carter, and he's making things happen. Well, now that he's got Keenan Allen there, he's got Mike Williams locked up long-term. He's got Eckler, who is the pass-catching back of all pass-catching backs, um, and Gerald Everett, you know, uh, the Gerald Everett renaissance that's happened this season. The offense looks great. He looks great. Um, We have a number five. I had him, you know, a spot or two lower personally because – it just feels like the Chargers are struck with bad luck. I don't know what that, you know, there's nothing to quantify. That's not a stat sheet thing. It's just this team is cursed for some reason, and it seems to be holding him back from reaching his true potential. Yeah, I, honestly, the, I think that rib injury he suffered in week one or two has has definitely dampened his numbers a little bit here. Um, I think this team is going to make a playoff run, and I think these this number QB8, QB10, right now goes up towards the end of the year. They're going to be passing a lot more. They got some really important games to win. They did win that tiebreaker with Miami. So if they end up tied, they do get in instead of Miami or at least higher seating. Um, So they are winning the important games this year. And I think that's, what's different about the chargers because I feel like they've lost those important and close games in the past, but Justin Herbert's the main reason for it. He just puts the team in a good spot to win. Uh, Corey Dicker, or Cameron Dicker, the kicker is doing and making the kicks too, instead of missing them at the last minute. Um, so it's good to see this team win. I, I've actually really always liked the chargers. I've never had any ill will towards them. Um, and honestly, it's just good to see his interception numbers are down. His yards are sh- sure. The yards are down, but once again, uh, they've leaned a little bit more on the route, ra- the ground game this year, which is honestly not a bad thing, but Justin Herbert easily going to be up in that kind of top five range by the end of the year. Um, I just don't see it changing once the, some of these other teams start sitting their players and Justin Herbert keeps playing. 
Yeah. <clears throat> I like Justin Herbert, man. I have him, I have him at four. Uh, Staley and Lombardi just throw the damn ball. That's their game plan is go out and throw the damn ball. They have the wide receivers to do it. This team, you know, they had a lot of injuries early on. They're starting to come together. They're starting to get healthy. I think it's easier to be down on Justin Herbert right now because of that injury he suffered. I think it was week three where he took that nasty shot to the ribs. And I just don't think he has been healthy until now. We're really starting to see him come out of that. And he's just going to continue to throw. And he's got the wide receivers. And as long as the whole cast is there, it's really hard to bet against this guy. Super true. Um, Yeah. On to number four. Our third J name in a row. Got two more coming. And that is Mr. Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. Josh. Yeah, I don't... I don't think this is any sort of shock at this point. Um, I, I think that if anything, Joe Burrow could hypothetically be higher. He's only progressed throughout his career, uh, rookie year, not so good. And then sophomore and then now third year, even better, just literally getting better as the years go on. Obviously he has a, a stellar, probably the best uh, receiving core in the league right now uh, with Jamar Chase and Higgins and Boyd um, and shoot, even Hayden Hurst uh, getting in the mix there. Um, I really like the fact that he's actually using his legs a little bit more. He's getting a little bit more comfortable since that ACL injury. And I just, you're just going to keep seeing Joe Burrow's name for a long time. I don't see this going anywhere. I personally think he could be higher. I did have him at four, so I can't complain, but um, I don't, what's not to like about Joe Burrow. Nothing, man. He's got the swag. He's got the receivers. He's got the cast. And my God, now you are starting to see these monster performances start piling up here. So, you know, we've we've talked about Higgins might be out at the end of this year, but we saw this team play without Chase, who is arguably a much better wide receiver than Higgins. And he did just fine. And Joe Burrow is just one hell of a quarterback. So I love it. Yeah, there's nothing, it. nothing to hate about him. As long, you know, as long as he has the supporting cast that he has – He's, you're never going to go wrong. It seems like he is able to dictate what you know he might want changed on the offense, even to make the team better. I mean, he had heavily lobbied for them to take Jamar Chase um, in that draft, despite them needing clear O line help, which hopefully they address you know eventually. Or Joe is going to keep getting his ass kicked out there, but he has been able to thrive through that. He's only 26 years old. He's going to be amazing for years to come. The Bengals have a good one. If you have Joe Burrow on your team, you're locked in at starter on quarterback for the foreseeable future. He's actually been doing really good about not getting sacked. So I think he's getting Better out of the pocket this year a little bit than more. Last year. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He's getting out of the pocket more. I think he realizes when the pocket's breaking down a little bit better now. Well, and then and also- two years ago, obviously, when he took that vicious hit because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't refuse. Like, thankfully, that kind of taught him how to uh, avoid taking hits because that was a brutal ankle injury that I still have nightmares about sometimes. All right. Before we move on to the next quarterback, I forgot to mention earlier, and I I am kicking myself now because I had this written down in my notes. Trevor Lawrence's real name is William. William Lawrence? William Lawrence is his actual name. And by the way, William Lawrence, not a quarterback name. I get why he changed it to his middle name, which is Trevor. William Lawrence sounds like a poet. Not a quarterback. And that That probably is why he, you know, subliminally, that's probably why he was so far down in our rankings. But I just forgot to add that little note in there. Um, I don't don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. Same. Back to the show. 
Number three, our fourth J name in a row, and that is Josh Allen. Joe, talk about our Buffalo Bill. Um, I love watching Josh Allen play football. This this team's weird right now. You know, they started off just absolutely steamrolling people. They're falling off a little bit here. They've had a bunch of injuries on both sides of the football, but Josh Allen just continues to get it done. His worst finish all years was QB 18. Um, everything else has been, for the most part, top 10. He had a, he had an 18 finish and a 14 finish. Everything else, not even top 10, top 5. The dude runs the ball. You can't bring him down. We saw what he did in Kansas City. He can flip a game and score a touchdown in 13 games. The guy is so talented. The offense is around him, which is a common occurrence between all these other quarterbacks. But at 26 years old, he's an absolute freak of a human being. He's a freak athlete, and he's going to just win you games. Yeah, honestly, though, out of all the top eight, well, seven quarterbacks that we've talked about here, Josh Allen's offense is is not the best. Like, it's there's Stephon Diggs, there's Gabe Davis, sure, but, like, what else really is there? I mean, there's Singletary and James Cook. They're okay. They're, like, there's no nothing to write home about. It's Josh Allen that makes this offense special. And honestly, what he's been able to do with the UCL injury is surprising to me. Like, I thought he was doing a lot worse. He just looks like a normal quarterback with the, with the, the elbow injury. And the fact that that's even happening right now is surprising to me. Just yeah, when that around. news came out, I, I was kind of worried about his whole season, their whole chances, because that's a nasty injury. And, Really but it's the same injury he had uh, his rookie year, I believe, as well. Um, the throwing elbows where he's, you know, not able to throw the ball as well. So, and honestly, the one thing about him, consistency. There's not a single thing that's changed about him. He's uh, sure he got better his third year um, playing that full, the full seasons obviously help a little bit. And the acquisition of uh, Stefan Diggs surely helped, but He's going to be consistent. He's going to be QB1. He's going to be QB2. He's going to be QB3 each year. Unless there's an injury, I don't see it ever changing. So I have him down at number five because, you know, I like to be a contrarian like that. Um, My, my, I I wouldn't even know if it's a called a problem, but my theory is that we've already seen Josh Allen's peak. I don't think we're going to ever get to get back there. I, I think when Brian Dable was there and they were having the offense cooking with gas, that is exactly what that offense needed to look like. Here's the thing. Stefan Diggs not getting any younger. And we've seen that he refuses, not that he refuses, just the rest of the offense around him doesn't look very good. Gabe Davis is not near what we thought he was going to be. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie is not Cole Beasley, as we're finding out this year. Um, the running game is a joke um, for the time being, at least, until they maybe address that. Um, and I think this offense is headed for a decline if they don't figure out how to inject new talent in there. Diggs covers up a lot of problems because, like, even Dawson Knox, who we thought would be maybe a top eight, top ten tight end this year, has not come to play as much as we had thought. So my theory is that we've probably already seen the best of Josh Allen. So I'm not saying that he's going to be a disaster. I'm not saying that he can't be Mahomes and work through, you know, an offense with no matter who's out there. I just – would love to see it first before I invest him in being a top two or top three option. Because I think if you take digs away, this offense is not very good. It just I was going to say it's same conversation with Tua. I mean, you take out, you take away yeah, Tyreek, exactly. you take away Stefan Diggs. Is this offense still explosive? Can Gabe yeah, Davis step up? We don't think up? of Josh Allen like that. That's the thing. We know we don't. He leads the league in interceptions right now. We don't think of him as 
a player, if you just took one piece away, the offense would be uh, implode. We don't think of him like that. We think of him more of like Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, like those kind of guys. I don't think he's at that level. And the, I'm not trying to hate on him too hard because five is not that bad. But I don't know. I just think we may have already seen the best of him. I Let's respect your two. opinion, but I disagree oh. with it. Yeah, I, I have to say it's, it's impressive to see what he's done with the shoulder injury, and I can't imagine them not wanting to add another wide receiver after this year, whether it be I like a wide battle hawk shirt. Thanks. I got them cheap, and now they're back. But they changed the logo. They tried to get slick. All right, on to number two. I'm not even going to try it because this would be my turn, but I'm not even going to try it. Number two is Philadelphia Eagle Jalen Hurts. What did you say? MVP? MVP? Because uh, that's what I heard. Um, yeah, I, I think this. I think it's time to admit, if you haven't already, that Jalen Hurts is better than you thought he was going to be, and it's the main reason that the Eagles are the team that they are because of him. Obviously, AJ Brown played a big role in this, and we cannot under underscore that enough. But what he has done and what he continues to do and completely blow out teams by like the second quarter. I mean, that's pretty much been year in year out and it's or game in game out this year with Jalen hurts. He's just been putting people on notice and scoring all the points that they need to in the first half, which has honestly helped the rest of the team out and getting some special teams players, a chance to play a little bit more and Kobe Dean seeing a little bit more reps now before the playoffs. Uh, and Jalen hurts is getting that uh, necessary rest. Now I want to say, I don't like him running the ball as much uh, as he has been. And I think they need to calm that, especially until the playoffs. But at the moment, it's just hard to see. I mean, honestly, I think there's an argument for QB one right now. I mean, he's QB one this year. Um, obviously Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, spoiler. If you didn't know who Damn. QB one was Way to spoil the list, John, I, as if you didn't know, we <laughs> were going to talk Kenny about Pickett. the guy could have been Kenny Pickett. It's not, uh, but I, it, I, I just, I don't know. What do you guys got to say about this guy? Um, <clears throat> you're right. He runs some, well, they run some pretty boneheaded QB rushes with him, you know, especially when they're up by like three touchdowns, send them right up the gut. It's kind of dumb. Uh, but Jalen hurts. I mean, this, the whole thing, the whole puzzle is put together right in front of your face. They has the coaching. He has the line. He has the supporting cast. He has the running game. He has the absolute talent. He th- he's thrown it like crazy, and he gives you the rushing upside. He is the, I don't know, what do you call it? It's not a trifecta. It's a pentfecta, the five the five prong. He gives you everything there, man. Like There's it. nothing to be desired about Jalen Hurts' play this year and for the foreseeable future. He's also turned the ball over the least amount of times out of all quarterbacks as well, which is it's true. And, super and this is what we kept saying last season when Jalen Hurts was out there. And we were getting a few pop games from Jalen Hurts last season, but we weren't getting it consistently. And literally, we spent the entire offseason until the draft saying they need to get him a number one wide receiver. Devontae Smith is good. We had no problem with him, but they needed one guy that was going to take the attention away from the run game. I was going to spread out the defense and make them actually fear the passing game. A.J. Brown is that player. He makes every defensive coordinator frustrated because they have to cover him no matter what. Devontae Smith has been eaten and feasting in his number two role because that's where he belonged all along. And this is – it's just perfectly put together. I, I – we have to just, I mean, I hate boosting up the Eagles here, but Howie Roseman did a really great job. He knew exactly what this team needed to do this offseason, and they did it. And the thing is, is they're going to end up with another top five draft pick this year because the Saints suck. 
and they could just keep building and working, and it's just impressive to see. So, yes, Jalen Hurts, number two. All right, on to number one. It should take and be no surprise to anyone who's played fantasy football for any amount of years at this point. Even if you played in 2013, you should have seen this kid coming, and that's Patrick Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, He is just the most impressive player that we have going. It does not matter who is on the team. It does not matter when Travis Kelsey is going to inevitably retire when he's 58 years old. It does not matter because Patrick Mahomes will still be able, even if he's in a wheelchair, he's going to find him in an open route in the end zone, and he's still going to be scoring points because this guy is a magician. When he has the ball, he is able to get plays accomplished that should not be physically possible. He does these weird mechanics that his receivers just happen to know that he's always going to do. I don't know how they practice that, but he always does something every game that makes you go, wow, I cannot believe that that's possible. And no other quarterbacks like that on this list. Yeah, I I honestly, like, I I could make the argument or I could have tried to make the argument that Jalen Hurts is number one, but the only reason uh, I could never do that is just because of those weird magician plays. Every time you thought you saw the weirdest play ever by Patrick Mahomes or just in football in general, he does another one where he just, like, tosses it to the guy, and it's just – it's he's a magician. I mean, he he can do whatever he wants. Uh, Andy Reid trusts him wholeheartedly, and so that does give him that safety of, you know, making – and really, I don't. I've never seen one of those stupid passes that he just flips it to people, not work or result in an interception. I'm sure there probably is one, but it just seems like they always work for Patrick Mahomes. And obviously, they don't win every game. They can't do that. It's football. Like, you're not going to win every single game. But at the same time, if there was an undefeated team in the future, I wouldn't be. Ups- I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Chiefs because of Mahomes. Here's here's the thing with Mahomes. He is the QB one. He is the only quarterback on our list that I think you can say it doesn't matter what's around him. You can you could have bad wide receivers. You could have everything, and he's still going to make it work. You could put him on any other offense in the NFL, and they're automatically in playoff contention. Just because of, of how talented he is, he spreads the ball around. Uh, that's that's the thing with Patrick Mahomes. Standalone talent is just starts, and you don't do not have to worry about how that team looks in the future. That's the ticket. That's it's a beautiful thing. So, guys, top twelve quarterbacks. Hopefully, you have one of these guys. I mean, we like Kirk Cousins, and we didn't talk about Trey Lance. Trey Lance is could be top five eventually. Who knows? Well, uh, you know, Purdy might have taken his job. So, there's a lot of what ifs <laughs> down on that list, man. So. I'm actually shocked you guys didn't put Trey Lance in there. I assumed he would be on the list. I think he ended up in the in the top 15 still. Oh, yeah, it was 15, 13, 13. So he ended up as probably like 13 or 14, considering he was one of the only other people we had all ranked him uh, in our top 15. But I mean, Trey Lance, he's got all the tools to be an absolute stud quarterback for your team. And with the supporting cast that he has on the 49ers, we keep talking about the supporting cast, but They've got it. He steps right in and he's got it. And plus with his rushing abilities, you know, we could be talking the same way we were talking about Justin Fields, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Sorry, Josh, I'm going to say Jalen Hurts. But if you mix the talent, if he does have that arm talent with the rushing ability and the supporting cast, he could easily be up there too. So I love acquiring Trey Lance. Explode some trades out. People are very down on this man right now. I actually don't dislike that for the simple fact that they got McCaffrey. 
if it weren't for McCaffrey, I wouldn't like it as much. Um, but at the same time, we don't know what this is going to be. I And the problem is you're probably going to pay too much for Trey Lance, and that's why I wouldn't do it. But I like the idea of it because we still have yet to see him. And obviously they're going to try and get him. I mean, he's had really shitty luck to start the start of his career. He's played, what, two full games, I think, if that. Um, so it will be interesting to see. And honestly, I, I think Jimmy G is going to give him a run. For, it's going to have to be a competition. They can't just keep saying Trey Lance is the starter. Trey Lance is the starter. I think it's going to have to be a competition next year. But I mean, Garoppolo's coming off the injury as well. So it's, I mean, and then maybe Purdy's even in the conversation. San Francisco's just, yeah. it's such a weird team that like Mr. Irrelevant is relevant because that team's that good. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of guys. I and mean, we have Kirk down on this list. He's tied to Justin Jefferson. You know, he's a very solid option. You've got guys like Gino, Matthew Stafford. Like, we just don't know the future of these guys. They could be top 12 options next year, but it's very hard to place them anywhere near the top 12 at this moment. Yeah, and redraft for sure. But at the same time, Dynasty, you're thinking of the future as well. Yeah. Well, can I give one that we haven't been probably talking about? Um, yeah. That's Jared Goff of the Lions. Um, I actually think that the Lions would be very smart to not go after a replacement for him, at least for the next couple of years. I think that while Jared Goff may not necessarily be the QB one that we're all uh, hoping for, but his weapons, his cast, like it cannot be ignored. He's got an amazing cast and he has been very serviceable in a lot of games this season. I mean, a lot more than um, some of these other quarterbacks that are around this range. I mean, he, he, the only thing that's been holding him back is the touchdowns and that have all been going to Jamal Williams. Uh, if fair. he had Every even taken single one, if he even took half of those away, which is probably six or seven, I can't even, I don't even know how he, what he's up to at this point. He would prop he would probably be QB seven on the season, which is bonkers to think of Jared Goff that way. But this offense, just the way that it works, is very, very good. And I believe it's, it's really 14 good. for Jamal, by the way. So you're okay, right. yeah. If you gave Jared Goff seven more touchdowns based on like just pop passes in the end zone for or the like, balls that should have been touchdowns that got stuffed on the one one yard line that Jamal Williams ended up inevitably taking over. Exactly. Like you're talking about a player here that could easily be in the top seven. He's only 28 years old. If they play this correctly, which it's the Lions, so that's a stretch. He could be a guy here for the next five years that makes this team a perennial playoff contender if they can just figure out the defense. I mean, that's the biggest problem here. I think what they're funny. Oh, sorry. But it's really funny that you shared a brain with me on this because. I, when I when I started writing this list out, I said I'm putting Jared Goff at 12, and then I started making the list, and I was like, all right, I don't think I can get Goff at 12. But your argument is very sound. I couldn't do it either, but like it 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 wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't. It would make sense if 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 somebody's giving him away this off season, you might want to go take him if you if you're looking for a quarterback out there. I think the problem that. is, is you're getting him for really one more year in this, in this sense, unless he really Why? proves that he deserves. Cause I think the Lions can actually get rid of him after next year and not well, have to pay a premium price. Why they would. I mean, just don't, I mean, obviously they're not going to give him a $250 million extension or some crazy nonsense like that. But if they can, you know, discuss with him and make him agree that like, Hey, anywhere else you go in the league, you're going to be a backup here. You're going to be a starter. Maybe they can get him to agree to a, reasonable extension and build the rest of that team with money and make this into an actual great team. I think Jared Goff, I think McVay threw away Jared Goff way too soon. 
I, I think that he should have maybe kept him. That's all I'm saying. Stafford may not even play again for the Rams because of that neck injury. Jared Goff may have another five-year career here. Yeah, I just have a feeling there's not they're not going to pass up this top five pick that they have coming up and not getting a quarterback. But what they should do is draft that quarterback defense. and actually let him sit instead of rushing him in and throwing him in because that's what's happened for Lions quarterbacks for years past. It's always just throw the guy in, see what happens, and, and then it's just you set him up for failure. But if you put Jared Goff in there, who is a veteran, who is a team leader, and let him say this and tell the rookie, listen, this is Jared Goff's quarter, quarterback room. This is his team. You might, you're going to be sitting this full year. You might sit the next year and have someone with an attitude going into it and knowing that, then I think you can actually see a good Jared Goff next year. But I, I think after that, it's pretty much over. The Lions actually could very easily go 4-0 to end this season and make it to the playoffs. So hey, We all called them beating the Vikings last week, and guess what they did? They beat the Vikings. They're going to keep sure beating did. good teams because they should have won more games so far. I think it's the Bears, the Packers, Jets, and it's, it's a good lineup. They could it's, easily go 4-0. It's yeah, Packers, um, and I think they play the Bears um, to end the season as well. So I don't know. I just think they need to not waste um, – waste this opportunity because they have Jared Goff there. If they can get him to stay around, I think they should. But I don't know. We'll see. Lions, Lions Panthers, uh, Jets, Panthers, Lions, Jets, Panthers, Bears, Packers. God, I can talk finally. There you go. That's an easy 4-0, honestly, other yeah. than the Jets. Uh, Packers could make a case for chance to beat them, but the way they've been playing lately, ayahuasca that uh, Aaron Rodgers inevitably drank during his uh, bye week, probably good. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Speaking of game previews, you want to get into some of them? Talk about some of these games? So everyone out there that's been following us all season, we've been doing a complete separate podcast with all the game previews. Um, Since probably half of the audience probably isn't in the playoffs, we're just going to stick them at the end of the episodes uh, for the next couple weeks. And we're really – if by this point you don't know to play Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb, you need us to say it. I'm sorry. You're, we're we're not we're going to skip over the obvious uh, players because Christian McCaffrey. You're definitely playing him against the Seahawks. Kenneth Walker, if he's playing, you're definitely playing him. But we're just going to go through each of the games. I'm just going to go in chronological order here, and we can just discuss maybe some plays that maybe a lot of people aren't thinking about, or maybe it's like you know I could start him or him like that kind of thing. And we're going to start with the 49ers versus the Seahawks. Does anybody have any? I would like to start this actually Um, with Debo Samuel out for multiple weeks. Ayuk actually steps into that wide receiver two role uh, wide receiver one for the team, obviously, but wide receiver two uh, for fantasy purposes. And I believe he's startable throughout the playoffs. Um, Obviously this is if Brock Purdy plays, he's also a little bit banged up. If they have another backup, which I don't even know who that would be at this point. I think it's Josh Johnson. Okay. Yeah, sure. Don't play him then. But if Purdy's out there, Purdy's looked phenomenal. And honestly, I think, Purdy could have the argument for a start, but you probably have a better option on that one. But 
Ayuk, you probably had on your roster all year. You probably, if you're like me, you, you spot started him during a bye week and probably never played him again, but you've been sitting there thinking, man, those 10, 11 points look pretty good. I could use that 10 or 11 instead of rolling out, uh, rolling the dice on some of these bigger name guys. But I think Ayuk is one of those names. That's just ugly. Like not anything against his actual name, but you see it and you don't see AJ Brown. You don't see Justin Jefferson. You don't see that pop uh, that you even get with like a Chris Godwin, but like, Ayuk, like he is phenomenal and he's been playing one of the most consistent wide receivers this year. Yeah. Ayuk's a great play this week. And honestly, I know you're, you're probably starting Kittle if you got him, but he has a phenomenal matchup. Seattle is almost dead last against the tight end this year. So Kittle should absorb a lot of those targets as well. Yeah. And on the Seahawks side of things, uh, there's not really any like play, you know, obviously you're playing the Lockets, you're playing the Metcalfs of the world. Um, does, do either of you think there's anything to this Marquise Goodwin thing? He had six targets last week, caught five of them for 95 and a touchdown. Um, do you guys think that he's a potential play this week? I'm sure he's on a lot of people's waiver wires, even after waivers cleared. The I just don't, there. I, yeah, I just don't think you can actually roll the dice during the playoffs right now, uh, with him. I, I, I like it and I like Marquise Goodwin in general. And I think, uh, we wanted to see him. He sat out the 2020 season. He went to the Eagles for, for a little bit. He was on the Bears for a little bit. Now he's finding a home here. So it's nice to see him in a role. But at the same time, I just don't think you can chance your playoffs. We'll say this is a revenge game, by the way. Just saying. That is, that is fair. If you're a six seed playing against a one seed or just absolute outgunned, and he offers a lot of upside to have a big game. So you could go balls to the wall and try it. I would advise against it, but I wouldn't hate you for trying it. Do do not do that. I will. I will. If you're doing a, uh, one of those DFS games where like you can only pick from one game or whatever, like captain mode or whatever the hell good one would be a good one to maybe throw in there. I do like the revenge. Win the good one. Aspect. I just don't like playing against the San Francisco 49ers defense. Good one, Joe. All right. Uh, on to the Colts versus the Vikings, which is a Saturday uh, 12 o'clock game. That's going to be a weird, weird getting. I can't believe Saturday games are back. I like Saturday games, but just, you know, I haven't thought about this it. This lineup is just incredible, too. Yeah. There's some great games. So, Start Justin Colts, Jefferson. Vikings. Yes, Justin Jefferson, who a lot of people forgot about. Um, yes, I don't think there's any sneaky starts anywhere on this. Madison, maybe. I was going to say, I would say, honestly, if, I, if we could talk about a sit, I mean, I think Dalvin Cook might warrant a sit at this point, the way he's been playing, if you have better options. I'm, I'm not saying sit Dalvin Cook by any means, you know, start your studs, uh, but he has not looked like a stud the last many weeks. Um, and Madison is getting a bigger role. And maybe that's just them saving him for the playoffs, but um, I'm sure a seven or a six or an eight doesn't feel very good whenever you could, you know, potentially have a 15 or 20 coming off the bench. Right. And uh, last week's uh, box score, a lot of people are going to be like, well, KJ Osborne scores. He finally, you know, is he somebody I could throw in there? Adam Thielen, is he finally back? Last week's game script was very odd for the Vikings. They're not usually down by double digits um, as the 10 and 2 or 10 and 3 now team that they are. So I don't think you're necessarily going to have that kind of volume again. It's going to be Justin Jefferson. It's going to be TJ Hawkinson. And then if you get lucky, you're maybe getting some Thielen and Osborne. Yeah. I will say scoring. Indy's pretty good against wide receivers. So he's a flex at most, but. Yeah, it's a little tough. I will say on the other side of the ball, Pittman, who had a bad game last week against Dallas or 
two weeks ago. I don't two know. They ago, a, yeah. Did they have a buy? Yeah. Um, they, uh, you got to play them. I don't know who needs to hear this. <laughs> Jordan uh, Pittman's a great <laughs> wide receiver and they're going to be trying to make the playoffs still, even though it's uh, pretty, gr- pretty bleak for them at this point. He's wide receiver 23, which I mean, isn't good. We, we thought he was going to be in the teens, but it's not sittable. Like it's not somebody you don't want on the team. They got to throw do- the ball. Well, we do need to announce that Alec Pierce is for sure playable. He is back. I we, I don't know what happened. We had him at the beginning of the season, and then it kind of fell off a little bit. But now he got you know he was targeted heavily in that Dallas game. He caught the touchdown. I think that he is definitely somebody against this Vikings offense or defense that you're going to want to throw out there because I think he's in a good matchup. Yeah, and they're going to want to see what they got in him as well. Give him a little fluff on the stat sheet for him. I believe so. All right, moving on to the next game, which mm, this one's going to be tough. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns. It's going to be a great game, honestly. There are lots of them. Sure. I think the under is going to be heavily. No, bad. I meant a great game in general. I didn't mean a oh, high okay. scoring game by any means. But I'd say the over under is 37 currently, which. Um, well, I can tell you right away, do not start a Ravens wide receiver. I don't care. You can try to pretend Demarcus Robinson's the answer or uh, DuVernay's the answer. He's the reason I'm not sitting in the playoffs right now. So I'm not a big fan of <laughs> DuVernay right now. Do not start everyone. I was, I thought we were talking about Miami and, and Buffalo. So. Oh yeah. We're <laughs> yeah. talking about wide receivers in that game. Don't start any there. Yeah. No, no. um, uh, the Browns, Browns, tough. really tough. It's, it's Cooper. It's DPJ. And there was a rumor that Cooper is going to see a lot of targets in the future. And I don't know, or no, maybe it was Watson's going to throw the ball deep more in the future or something like that. So we might see that here. Uh, and Baltimore secondaries really hasn't been as great as it should be. So they've been playing better recently. So they have. well, PFF decided to grade Kyle Hamilton, the best safety in the league. Um, wow. There's an asterisk next to that where it's, you know, he's not play He doesn't play every snap in the game, and he only plays <laughs> in specific packages. But in those specific packages, he is the number one safety in the league. So, and that's why uh, – let's not get into that. No, let's not, let's not do it. We're going to get flagged by somebody. We um, should get flagged. Um, yeah. So flag uh, yourself. Watson, I think, startable. I, 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 I'm assuming people already know this, but I think that – I think this is a, the Watson start, basically. Uh, and they're going to be playing to show that this was a good thing. I'm not saying start him over Patrick Mahomes. I assume if you have Watson, you're choosing between a, a lesser evil. Um, but I think Watson could play. Yeah. Joe, you're you're cooking with gas, man. I, your jokes, they're flying under the radar, but I like them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dolphins bills to, for the nightcap. Joe, do you want to say what you were going to say earlier? Yeah. Everyone, um, don't start Gabe Davis. I kind of like Dawson Knox in this one, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, uh, tight ends have been doing very well against uh the Dolphins this year. Um, the only issue I could see is this uh, is Waddle still questionable in this game, or is he good? I think he's good to go. I think he's probably questionable right now, but I think he's gonna play. Okay, well, if he's Um, good, then. You're good. I will say uh, Wilson is not practicing right now, and if that is the case, I think Mostert is worth a start here. I know it's Buffalo, and I know it's scary, but um, if you're in a, if you're in a pinch, I think Mostert could play a nice role. It's totally going to be a Miles Gaskin return. 
No, we got to see an old friend last week, Salvin Ahmed. Salvin Ahmed. Made an appearance uh, last week. Hadn't thought about that name in three years, and he suddenly made an appearance. Good for him still being on the team. Yeah. Anyway, there's nobody hiding in this game that you're not thinking about starting already. So moving on, Eagles versus Bears. We got a a rivalry right here on the screen. Um, Fucking let's go, Joe. I was actually thinking about going to this game. Enjoy your victory. Um, I'm actually excited to see Fields versus Hurts. I think that's going to be a really fun little matchup. Um, I think Justin Fields actually will. We haven't really played a quarterback like Justin Fields. I don't think there is another quarterback like Justin Fields other than maybe Jalen Hurts. And unless they're, you know, scheming really well in practice and showing what Jalen Hurts can do on the, you know, running or running the ball around and stuff. So it should be really interesting. Um, obviously, I think the Eagles will win this game, but uh, you already know everyone on the Eagles to start. There's not a person you're not starting that you aren't already. Um, as for the Bears, I I think Montgomery's still a start here. I know that the Eagles have been better against the run lately, um, but there's going to be holes with uh, we're going to they're going to be countering for Justin Fields. And I think Montgomery will be able to win some of those kind of uh, uh, whatever kind of fake handoffs. So sit Montgomery for the love of God, please sit him. Do not go into your playoffs with Montgomery. Justin Fields is usable. We have nothing at wide receiver. I mean, Chase Claypool had a knee injury. What? What do we feel about Komet entering this? I'm actually sitting here debating on playing Komet this week. This yes. week. He's going to be the alpha receiving option on this team. Unless you factor in Brian Pringle coming back from the dead. He did score a couple weeks ago. But no, it's Komet is a start. Fields is a start. Really scared about starting Montgomery. Miles Sanders is an awesome possum of the effing week in this one. Might even see some gain well. Might even see some Boston Scott sneak in there because it's Boston be Scott. He got that touchdown. I promise you, dude. Time. That was such <laughs> bullshit. Dude. They did it for fun. They knew that stat. <laughs> they really did because that's exactly what ended up happening. Um, by the way, before we get off the Eagles, um, is Goddard coming back this week? Uh, I don't think he'll probably play this week. I think he'll be. He's coming back for the Dallas game on Christmas. Okay. I saw they they put a projection out for him on my sleeper. So. I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be back yet. So I just wanted to clarify. They did say he was des- He is opening. They're opening the window. I don't think he'll be back yet, though. Okay. There's no. I don't think there's a. I point guarantee a Gainwell touchdown. How about that? Here we go. That sounds That's like a fireball. Bit. You you did a Boston Scott one. I like it. I'll take I'll take Montgomery. Joe takes Gainwell. Billy, you take uh, Boston Scott. Sounds great. Well, weird fireball bet. Anyone who doesn't get a touchdown has to take a, has to take a fireball. Feels like it. I think Joe's frozen. I think we lost Joe again. That's fine. We'll just kick him out for a second. Um, okay. Uh, by the way, Nikhil Harry, one catch for 49 yards in that game against Green Bay was incredible. I mean, it was an incredible catch. I thought he was going to be <laughs> really good. I thought maybe that was like, oh, Nikhil Harry, hmm, maybe something. And then that was the only target he got the entire game. Um, all right. Well, it was just me and you here, and we'll just have Joe hop back in whenever he gets here. Uh, Falcons versus the Saints. I'm not going to uh, lie no. to you. No. I don't want – I am excited for Desmond Ritter. Um, I'm excited to see what he could be. I am not starting anyone that's not named Cordero Patterson. That is the uh, start I have for this game. The two people you can start in this game are Chris Olave and Cordell Patterson. Yeah. I think Kamara is a sit. I'm done with Kamara at this point. 
<laughs> this season. I don't know. I mean, I, fair enough. Fair I'm not enough. saying trade the guy in the off season, but I'm saying trade the guy in the off season. Okay. I, I like it. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anybody else in this game that you're really thinking about. That's I think the out. main thing that people are thinking about is Drake London. They're thinking, Oh, Desmond Ritter's there. Drake London's going to have a big game. Let's see it first before you put him in there for your fantasy football playoff. It's tough. Exactly. It's tough because if you have a two week playoff, this is perfect. Like you get to see him this week. And if you made a big mistake, you can just correct it next week. Um, but if you just are on a one game sample, we on this podcast are not telling you to put in Drake London. Just not going to do it. We will not. Tell right. you that. Moving on lions versus the jets. This should be a high scoring game. Um, both of these teams really need this game, by the way. So I am going to go ahead and bet they both, you know, not that there's, you know, games where the teams aren't playing very hard, but I think the, this feels like a playoff game. And I think both teams are going to be treating it that way. Let me, um, let me break down the lines if that's all right. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to tell you all the starts and sits, which you should hopefully know at this point, but there's some, I think you might not know. Jared Goff is a start. DeAndre Swift is a start. Jamal Williams is a sit for now. Uh, we want to see him. I mean, Swift Swift took up back took over the backfield at this point. Uh, Amon Ra, you already know you're starting him. You're also starting DJ Chark. Uh, he has given himself oh, he's given himself a role. Um, obviously, once again, do not do this if you so don't. You're not afraid food. of sauce. I'm not sauce afraid of sauce. Would be covering Chark. Are you sure? Why wouldn't he be on Amon Ra? He's not going to put him in the slot. He's going to stick to where he's been on the outside. I don't know. It's hard for me to not play Chark at this point. Um, and then Fair Jameson enough. Williams will be out there too, so he'll probably be covering Jameson Williams. Uh, the Jameson not... Williams thing was weird, by the way, because everybody's like, hey, he caught that one touchdown and then didn't do anything else the rest of the game. They barely had him out there the rest of the game. So it's – I don't know what to make of that just yet. I, I, I was going to say, you're sitting Jameson Williams for sure. Somebody actually played him in a DraftKings lineup that ended up beating me. We do like a pool of like six or seven of us. And me. somebody actually – he the guy that won the week – had him as his like $4,000 option. And of course this week he catches that one touchdown ridiculously. I might add um, on the jet side of things, Mike white, an absolute soldier. I mean, this guy is a, a king out there. Zach Wilson could never, if he had a hangnail, he would probably be out for the rest of the season. Mike white's out there getting annihilated by the bills last week. And I'm surprised that he's still alive. I don't, I did. Did you watch that game? at all the bills I did. jets and the second hit that mike white took i don't think i would have been able to you know be a human for at least a week and a half mike no, white's gonna get out, mike white's gonna get back out there and play uh for the you know play his heart out and as long as he's out there this lion's defense is the 32nd ranked defense against the pass so he is going to be flinging the ball garrett wilson is coming on for your offensive rookie of the year I think this game would be perfect for him to solidify that. Uh, Corey Davis, when he's healthy, uh, Mike White really enjoys him. Um, and for as far as the running backs go, I mean, it looks like Zonovan Knight's a thing. And I, I it appears. I don't know why they're not using James Robinson, and I will forever understand why they made that trade. But here we are. Zonovan Knight's a thing. Don't get you know. Don't make any weird trades for him this offseason because Brees Hall's still there. Zonovan Knight has not carved out any kind of a role that's going to overtake Brees Hall, but he's good for this game. Zonovan, for sure. Just go ahead and drop Michael Carter in redraft. You don't need him the rest of the year. 
not at all. I mean, so, you can keep him on your bench in case Donovan goes down, but I'm I'm out on him. I'm ready um, for this, man. These are like two of my like low key favorite teams right now, the Lions and the Jets. So I don't yeah. even want any. I don't want either of them to win or lose. I just want you know everybody to have fun. I think that's going to be a great game, and honestly, the twelve o'clock slate looks a lot better this week. It does. All right, on to one of the worst games on the slate. That is the Steelers versus the Panthers. Um, the Steelers side of things, Deontay Johnson is obviously a start. Um, Najee Harris looks banged up, so that's something to monitor. Um, last week I made a very bold prediction for – I don't even remember who it was. Oh, it was for uh, the guy from Houston that ended up not playing. And he ended up not playing, and his backup ended up being a killer move. So look at the injury reports after you listen to this podcast. Make sure that we're not wrong. But Najee Harris is on the injury report, so – if Najee plays, Just though, you put him in your lineup. Yes. You have and to. And on the Panthers' side, I Darnold spreads around the ball too much. I don't think you can trust anybody. Um, so nah, I'm know. not playing any Carolina Panther. I'm not either. Not even the running backs, because as soon as you think it's Dante Foreman, Blackshear gets a touchdown last week. Yeah, random as fuck, too. I know um, I remember saying Blackshear could end up winning people leagues, but this is not exactly what I meant in a three-headed backfield that is a total mess. I never thought that was the clear option. Yeah, I don't. I just don't I don't see anyone actually being a valid start on this team. I mean, DJ Moore, if you if you're in a pinch, I, I can get DJ it, Moore. but I'm I'm out on it. It's too it's too hit or miss. Uh, Terrence Marshall's actually been pretty consistent, but at the same time, once again, you never know where this ball is going to go and how well. Hopefully, it's if you go. made it to the playoffs based on Terrace Marshall or DJ Moore, like your the rest of your team is probably killer anyway. And All it right. was just bye week villains. On to the Cowboys versus the Jaguars. Um, Cowboys wise, I don't. You know who to play here. You're starting the four. Yes, and then if you really want to think Gallup is going to be something, no, go ahead. But like again. It would have to have you. You've made it this far with Gallup. You'll know if you need to use him or not. He's been on your bench. Don't worry about that. Um, as for the Jaguars, I don't know what to tell you about this wide receiver core because Christian Kirk doesn't have a good game. Zay Jones does. Zay Jones doesn't have a good game. Christian Kirk does. It's between the two of them, and I, I think it's worth rolling the dice on either one of them. Um, you have to imagine one of them is being covered by Trayvon Diggs, but the thing about Trayvon Diggs is he is beatable. Um, and Worst wide receivers have done it this year. So um, I, th- I think you, I think you're interested in playing either of those guys. If you have them on your team, I just don't think it's your first choice. If you don't have to. Very true. All right. Moving on to the chiefs versus the Texans. Um, the Texans showed a huge sign of life last week. I thought Nico Collins was going to have a huge game last week. I thought they were going to see what they had. Well, it ended up he didn't play and Chris Moore did Chris Moore. looked like one of the best receivers in the league. Um, I would say if Nico Collins is back and healthy this week, it's going to be Nico Collins in that role and not Chris Moore. So although you probably went out and picked him up on waivers and you're thinking this week I'll put him against the Chiefs who have bad uh, secondary, I would just caution you with that because I think this week they're going to heavily put uh, Nico Collins into the lineup and they're going to pour the targets on him despite what Chris Moore did last week. Speaking of Chris Moore, he's quietly had a pretty good year. He has. For being on a terrible team and looking forward to him. Well, Brandon Cook's not playing. I mean, he's had plenty of chances. That's true. Uh, but good for the guy. Uh, nice to see him. Hopefully he can he can find a, find his way onto a team somewhere, maybe stay at the Texans next yeah. year. And Damian Pierce is out, so don't, don't 
play Damian Pierce. Either. And don't put Agamwale in or don't nope. get cute with Rex Burkhead. It's not the nope. time to get cute. Nope, nope, nope. Not, no time to get cute. Um, on the Chiefs side of things, uh, Juju, obvious. Travis Kelsey, obvious. Cole Hardman might be back. Now, this is where things get interesting for the Chiefs. Um, because you've probably had Cole Hardman in your IR you remember how he was looking before he got hurt, which was pretty serviceable. Um, I have my concerns with putting him in there straight away. I think the problem for me is that this, sure, you can, you can say this is a trap game. The Texans played pretty well against the Cowboys, but this is the Chiefs. You, and the problem with this is, is if they go up too fast, they're not going to rush an injured person back to get him the ball a bunch. So sure. Could he break a big one? Anyone could break a big one on this team at any given moment. Justin Watson could have two touchdowns in this game. I'm not telling you to play them. If you want to roll the dice on a chiefs receiver at any time, it's worth it. Uh, Cause you could hit big, but you also could bust completely and get zero or one or something. I think Juju and Kelsey and Mahomes are your plays. Uh, obviously Pacheco could have a huge game here too. McKinnon actually been really serviceable too. He's had, I did not realize how many fantasy points he had after watching the game. It just seemed like a kind of normal McKinnon game until I really realized and looked at the stats. So yeah, McKinnon needs to be in all lineups. If you have him on your team, if you've had him stashed away, now he needs to be in the lineup. It appears as if they're going to use him in a much heavier role. It's all passing work, but that passing work ends up with a couple of touchdowns. It feels like, um, all right, on to the Cardinals versus the Broncos. I'm just going to be – I'm going to shoot straight. I don't think anybody's startable in this one. I really don't. Colt McCoy versus Brett Ripien. No thanks. Is it Rippin? I think it's Rippin. Rippin, Ripin. Ropin. I'm not saying it. Um, I, I will say the only person that you're thinking about starting um, on the Broncos is Judy. Um, Judy has been very serviceable. I think he did catch a touchdown from Rippon as well. Uh, had that three touchdown yeah. game. I just, I think he's not sitable unless Sutton's back. And then in which case I'm down to sit him. Cause there's just too many options. But if Judy's the only receiver out there really doing anything, he is worth the start. I understand it's Rippon and you're not really excited about it, but. And you probably are going to have to play Deandre or Marquise because they've gotten you this far, but it's just this. This Broncos defense is pretty good. The secondary is pretty good. Not great. Pretty good, though. Picked Mahomes off three times last week. Um, I can say I can see Hopkins being impressed, impressive in this because I can see um, who is their backup, Colt McCoy, wanting to throw jump balls to him, which he can right. win. Uh, Marquise Brown is, uh, in my opinion, a complete sit this week. Fortunately, the, week, the league I have yeah. him in, I have a bye week, so I don't have to play him this week. It's it's tough, but Pat Sertain has been really good this season. That whole secondary has just been really good for the Broncos. So uh, better days ahead for the Broncos, better days ahead for the Cardinals. But I'm sorry if this is what your playoffs have come down to. Also, right. for those wondering where the third voice is, Joe Wiggins' internet is down at the moment. Yes, so he's not with us out. anymore. He is dead. Tough break. Well, okay. Uh, Patriots versus the Raiders. Um, Patriots looked – Really good last week, surprisingly. I was quite surprised um, at how good that offense looked. Mac Jones, uh, he looked serviceable. I, I haven't really seen that from Mac Jones this season, so it was kind of fun to watch. But if you have Hunter Henry, I I would say now is the time to play him. Um, the Raiders are susceptible to tight ends. I, I think that is somebody that you could probably put in there. 
the wide receivers I'd probably still steer clear of. Um, it doesn't appear that anyone there is the number one, and that is dangerous for fantasy football. When you don't have a number one, you basically have none. And as far as the running backs go, I think DeMont, I think Ramondre Stevenson might be out for this game, maybe. I don't know if they've officially said it yet, but um, it's, it's looking like it was like looking that way. And if that is the case, uh, Pierre Strong, hopefully you got him off of waivers. I'm sure he, maybe somebody had already picked him up at some point, but um, he is a definite start in this game if he is available. Yeah, he looks phenomenal. Um, I think Joe's uh, Joe would love to be here to talk about him right now. But um, if if Ramondre is out, Pierre Strong is startable. If Ramondre plays, obviously don't don't roll the dice on that one. So yeah. Pierre Strong, he, a couple of those runs on Monday looked really good, and I was pretty impressed with what he looked like. Um, uh, as for the Raiders, you're playing the two people you've been playing all year, and no one else. Although Renfro yeah. and Waller are supposed to be coming back. Uh, they sooner. are. I just, it's hard to play one of them right away, especially if this Patriots defense is pretty good. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it, but maybe you do. I don't think I could though. It's Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams game. That's it. That's it. All right. Titans versus the chargers start every charger that you have. The Titans have the worst uh, pass defense in the league. So Mike Williams is going to eat. Keenan Allen is going to eat. And I would even say Josh Palmer probably going to eat. Justin Herbert's going to eat. Austin Eckler's going to eat. Gerald Everett might eat. I, it's just going to be a feast, I think, for the Chargers on offense. Yeah, Palmer's still getting six, seven targets a game, even with uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both getting stuff. So you, you, I think you still have to roll him out there. I mean, he's getting 10 points a game. He's had his big games. We know what he can do. Um, and then, uh, yeah, definitely Everett as well for uh, pass catchers. Just any pass catcher. Yep. Except for, sorry, who's the other one? The wide receiver? We didn't talk about the fourth one. Okay, my bad. Uh, DeAndre Carter. Eh. I don't think DeAndre Carter's worth starting. Fair enough. Okay, you don't, you're in the playoffs. Don't start DeAndre Carter. Um, Titans-wise, Traylon Burks looks to be back. So um, He still didn't practice Wednesday, but he should be out of concussion protocol at this point. Yeah. Or will be. And by the if Traylon Burks is out there, that's the only person other than Derrick Henry that you're playing. Well, oh, Conquo. Oh, actually. okay. Conquo, you're right, is definitely startable. By the Especially. way, if he, if, okay, if we did this dynasty tight end run, like, you know, top 12 again, I, it would be hard not to think about him being in that 12 spot. He was really good. And if the Titans are drawing up two point pass conversion plays for him, that clearly means they want him in the offense. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I could put him in my top 12 dynasty tight ends at the moment, but I think he's definitely should be in the conversation. So he is, uh, he's, he's made an argument. At least. And for anyone who uh, has been, you know, trying to fill that void of uh, Ertz going down or just haven't had a tight end all year and have been streaming the entire year, hopefully you got him. And if I actually saw him in free agency this week in a, in a league and sw- swoop him up. So um, check it, check your waiver wires. He might be out there. Sure. All right. Three more games left. Bengals Bucks uh, is the next one up. Um, Bengals side. It's the, it, there's nobody secret here. You know, them all. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure Higgins and Boyd might miss. So it's chase and chase Mixon. Mixon P Ryan. P Ryan. I think if, now, if Higgins and Boyd are out, I think it's, I think he might be worth the play. I think he's, I think he's good. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Higgins will probably play. He's, he 
he was had a limited practice today. I wasn't sure. Uh, I think Boyd is out, still startable though. They are clearly doing a running back one A one B situation here, even though one's getting paid a massive amount more money. Um, but they clearly want to get Pirine more involved in this offense as they have been doing. So um, even since Mixon's come back, uh, it's more of just a scary thing for Mixon because Pirine is getting a lot of that, you know, inside the 20 work, the red zone work. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's, it's honestly awesome to see him still have a role. And I, I do want to say one controversial thing. You might be thinking about sitting Mike Evans and you're wrong. You can't do it. You start your yeah. studs. I understand he hasn't played like it and, you know, hasn't had a over 10 point week in three, four weeks, but you got to put him out there. Cause it, it's, you can't sit him and see that 30 on your bench or even 15. I mean, I'm taking eight points all day over a, a goose egg, which we've seen a lot of last week. Um, so I, I, someone's matchup had like 24 points because he had Higgins, Stevenson, and a couple other people that was just, it was a bad situation, but you got to put him out there. Um, Godwin as well. Uh, I think Lenny and Rashad White are available or uh, are startable as well. I don't think that if they both play, they both play in my lineup. And then Tom, I mean, Tom's worth it as well. Sure, I guess. Um, all right, on to the Sunday night football game. It's a rematch of a game that just happened two weeks ago. It's Washington versus the New York Giants. Um, Washington has not played a game since this one, which is kind of funny that they're playing the same team back-to-back, basically. Um, in that game, we'll just kind of go over what happened, and we'll see if it's rep- you know you can replicate it. Brian Robinson had the bulk share of the work, had 96 uh, yards on the ground. Terry McCorn had 100 yards, and, you know, Chris, or Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson were also both usable. I honestly think all of those people are usable again. They have phased. It, feel, it feels like, again, we're, we're doing the same thing we did uh, before. Antonio Gibson's being phased out of this offense again. I don't, I don't know how many know times why. they can phase him out. I just don't know why. It's so confusing to me personally, but whatever. Here we are. And Yeah, it's wild. Uh, Terry McLaurin's an obvious start, and that's it for the receiving core. I understand yes. you thinking about Curtis Samuel, but don't do it. Yep. Um, on the giant side of things, Isaiah Hodgins appears to be a thing. I, I don't get it. I don't think he's a dynasty, you know, buy or anything, but he is very much usable. Uh, Darius Slayton, very good. Number one. Well, okay. I'm going a little strong here. He's a okay. Number one. He's usable in this game. And in this, this one, Add six for 90 uh, in the last meeting, and you can't look at last week. So just look at the weeks prior because uh, Slay shut Slayton down. Yeah. Well, and then, the yeah, he went off the week before that. And then the last time they played, Barkley was not usable. Uh, Barkley hasn't been usable for two weeks now and really needs to get back on track for this Giants team because when Barkley plays bad, this team plays bad. And I think that that's been a major problem. Uh, for the Giants is not being able to get Barkley going, but that's just yeah, what it is. Uh, I mean, if he's if he's healthy, I think you got to start him. It's Barkley once again. You can't sit a stud like that and have him not in your lineup. But that neck injury is definitely limiting him right now. So be weary that you might not get the fifty points, forty points that you've been getting from Barkley. Exactly. And here's a, here's another thing that I I wasn't you know I had seen it on Twitter, but hadn't really paid attention to it. But Evan Neal, the rookie for uh, the Giants, is not good. Uh, he is not holding up. He was, I think, the number five pick in the draft. Maybe it was uh, maybe six or seven or eight. I don't know. One of those with the Giants' uh, second pick, they picked him. 
it's not going well. He, the Eagles completely annihilated Ryan Neal last week. And that is partially what's going wrong here is the line is deteriorating for the Giants as we thought it was going to be before the season. And that has been what's really causing Barkley to not be able to, to turn out very good weeks. But maybe he can get back on track against the Washington this next time. The Washingtons. The Washingtons. All right. One more game left, and I'm excited that this one's last. Monday Night Football, uh, the fight in Baker Mayfield Rams versus oh the Green God. Bay Packers. Um, I'll let you talk about the Packers so I can talk about the Rams. Obviously, you're starting Baker Mayfield for your fantasy playoffs. Uh, no, I'm just saying, uh, Packers side, uh, Aaron Jones has been slipping a little bit here. Um, I don't think he's sittable yet, though. Um, I think he is. No, he's 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 back on back on practice. Um, it's been a little bit less than he has been. The workload's kind of switching. Dylan's getting a little bit more work, which is a good thing for Aaron Jones's health. Um, but at this point, I mean, they're going to use him, so you got to play him. I think Dylan's worth a spot start if you really are interested. The Rams have not been that great against the run. Um, and then I'm going to tell you to sit Christian Watson, but I understand why you want to ride that hot streak of those touchdowns. But the problem is if you do not get those touchdowns, you are not getting fantasy points. So keep it – Do. Temper expectations on Christian Watson. He's going to be going against Jalen Ramsey, who hasn't been the greatest this year, but at the same time is still Jalen Ramsey. So keep an eye out. I think Lazard is the play um, that whatever the wide receiver two is, which I imagine that's going to be him, but it could easily be Christian Watson. I don't know. Um, one of those guys is going to be good. One of them isn't, and I can't tell you who it's going to be. So, All right. Well, Baker Mayfield decided to come back with a vengeance this last week, um, having one of the most incredible – 92 yard drives that you will ever watch or 98 yard drives that you'll ever watch. Um, when did your Jersey get here? Uh, I don't know. I need to check actually when that happens. Um, I'm not buying he, another Baker Mayfield Jersey. And then I saw him be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And oh hurts. my God. Anyway. So Baker might be back. Uh, the green Bay Packers have not been great against the pass. I would not start him if I'm in the playoffs, obviously, but acres is startable. Ben Skoranek, if if you have him, you might have hit a gold mine because Baker and Skoranek They've been eating really together. have connected. Well, I don't even know how that's possible. He got there two days before the game, but apparently they have connected in a way uh, immediately right off the bat, and that might end up being good for your playoff run. Uh, and then Van Jefferson, also very usable. Um, this offense is not exactly full of all-stars, but I think that is actually the kind of offense that Baker Mayfield thrives in because they won that game. They didn't, they shouldn't have played, have won that game, but they won the game. And Higby should not be started yet, but let's see what Baker does with it this, this week. If uh, Higby has a good game um, this week, I think he could be started next week. I just, yeah. I want to see a little bit more. He did get three targets. Um, which so I'll is, say two two Atwell also got nine targets in the game, um, but two two Atwell not necessarily the greatest receiver of all time. So you're kind of limited on what that could end up being. Yeah, I just wouldn't bank any of my season on the Rams being good. Uh, I think the the main guy I'd want to start would be uh, Acres, just because he's finally getting a full workload, which is kind of ironic because they hated him and tried to phase him out. It is quite hilarious that this is how the season's turned out, but whatever, you know. Happy I'm to see it. Good complain. for the Lions getting that draft pick. I'm here to watch Baker cook, which is what he did. All right. That's the game previews. Shortened version, short and sweet-ish. Um, if you've made it this far into the podcast, I very much appreciate you being here and listening to all this. Um, follow Josh 
at Josh Hall STL. Follow me at Ombre Vendor on Twitter. Follow Joe, who I wish he could be here at OP Joe with two E's um, <laughs> to his internet or him. We don't know. Um, but thank you for being here all season. Um, again, we will do a kind of a similar version of this next week where we break it down. Uh, the games kind of like this where we do it just abbreviated version. Um, we're starting studs. And then we'll talk you through maybe the question marks you might have on your roster. Josh, never get to say this. Josh, get us out of here. Hey, guys. Good luck in your fantasy playoffs. Um, and hopefully we've helped you at least a little bit along the way. So we look forward to uh, next season. And don't don't think we're going to stop just because uh, the season fantasy season's ending. We're going to talk about the playoffs. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about the Senior Bowl. We're going to give you all you need for next year as well as this year. The show goes on. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.